you had five kids and not four. I know you don't like it when I talk back. However, I love it when you cook burritos for me. If you were a fruit or vegetable, you would be a blueberry because you are very small. (laughs) I know I'm your favorite because I am the middle child. (laughs) I love it when we go hunting. (laughs) Most of all, I love you, Mom, because you are my... You are very strict. Happy Mother's Day. I know you don't like it when I talk back. However, I love it when you cook sausage for me. If you were a fruit or vegetable, you would be a strawberry. You are sweet. I know I am your favorite because I'm the most laid back goat. I love it when we go get new shoes. Most of all, I love you, Mom, because you are very nice. I know you don't like it when I talk loudly. However, I love it when you cook tacos for me. If you were a fruit or vegetable, you would be a broccoli because you love to cook broccoli. I know I'm your favorite because I like you like to play basketball with me. I love it when we sleep together. Most of all, I love you because, Mom, because you cook good food besides the vegetables. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. I, uh, I figured since my brain was about the same level as theirs, I feel that one myself. But uh, a dear best mom ever, I know you do not like it when I burp. However, I love it when you cook pork chops for me. If you were a fruit or vegetable, you would be a tomato because I love tomatoes. I know I am your favorite because I remind you of Dad the most. I love it when we get lunch together at college. Most of all, I love you, Mom, because you never gave up on me. Happy Mother's Day. Love, Ryan. Give all of our Sunday school classes a good hand, all of our children, our teachers. Amen. At this time, I'd like my wife to come. First, I would like to say Happy Mother's Day to my mother, who is the best mother in the whole wide world. I know all of y'all said that, but really, I have the best. So I think she's a perfect example of a lady, perfect example of a mother, and I hope I'm just like her when I grow up. (laughs) And I I would like to say Happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you. We are so happy to have all of you here, all of your mothers, all of your children. It's just so nice to see all of you. And uh, this year we... uh, we did something a little different. We, um, instead of having a brunch, which last year was our first time to ever do that, hopefully we'll do that again. Uh, that was a lot of fun last year. But this year, uh, I wanted to do something a little special. And so I racked my brain and racked my brain of what could we do. And I thought, well, I said, I can't remember. And then I remembered, I have a daughter who makes stuff. And I said, Tiffany, would you mind making some stuff for me? And she said, no, not a bit. And she didn't even charge me. That's even better. So, uh, 
But anyway, uh, she, I do appreciate it. And so we have a little gift uh, that my girls in my class did not know this, but I need some help. So could all of y'all come help me, girls? I was just going to get my daughters to do this, and this is from our family. This is from all of my girls and my husband and myself. So, uh, girls, uh, Tiffany, can you go show them they're over there? Uh, and they're fixing to come, and to all of our mothers in our church, I have a little present for you. And I hope you all have a very, very, very happy Mother's Day. hope it's the best Mother's Day ever. I love each and every one of you. I appreciate you. And I love you. And uh, if all the mothers would actually stand so we won't miss anyone. And I will say this. If I do not have enough, I think I do. But if by chance someone is missed, I promise you, I will, give, I will make sure I get you this gift. So hopefully we'll, we won't be missed. They're going to come to you. So if all the mothers would stand and they're going to bring them to you. And if, as you get your gift, please sit down.
the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Why don't you all just stand to your feet just a moment? Why don't you turn around to someone next to you? Go across the aisle to someone next to you. Shake their hand, hug their neck. Let them know that you're glad that they're in the house of the Lord today. everyone today. So glad that everyone's in the house of the Lord with us. So glad that all of you children have made your mother's day to come and be in church with them today. Appreciate you being here. Today we have we have a great honor and as you make your way to your seats you can go ahead and be seated. We have a wonderful lady here that has been a member of this congregation for many 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 years. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm about 99.9% sure that she is the oldest mother in this building today. She is 99 years old, and is it uh, 11 months? Just right at 11 months maybe a little more than 11 months, but I would like her to testify this morning. We're so glad to have Sister Powell here. We're about to celebrate a 100th birthday. Is that Brother Lucifer? Brother Lucifer. Brother Lucifer. Brother Lucifer. I'm so proud to get to come back and coming to church. Oh, I love this family. I've lived with most of them. And I appreciate everyone in the church. God bless us all. Amen. Amen. We're trying to get the dates together. We're going to have a big celebration. I've never had a celebrated a 100th birthday party before, but I'm looking for an opportunity to get to do it. And we're so glad that Sister Powell is able to be in church today. I'm glad to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord, and it's especially good to see Brother Gore able to be in church today. 
been missing him. Glad that he's able to be in the house of the Lord. So glad to see Sister Robin's able to be in church today. Miss all of you when you're not in God's house with us. To all of our guests, I'm sorry, I will, I will be kind of in somewhat of a hurry as soon as I get through preaching. And I know that you want me to get in a hurry while I preach. But um, I'll be exiting pretty quickly because there's a lot of hungry people that's depending on me today. And uh, But I want to let you know, all of our guests, how glad that we are that you're here. And uh, glad that you've come to celebrate Mother's Day here with us at First Pentecostal Church. Why don't all the home folks give our guests a good hand clap? I want to say uh, thank you for the beautiful flowers that's here in front of the pulpit. And uh, that is provided by Sister Shirley, Sister Y. Barbo, and Sister Duplessy in honor memory of their mothers. So we are thankful for that. And um, I want to say a special thank you yesterday. Uh, this weekend's been kind of busy. And uh, yesterday, I want to say special thank you to to many of the young people um, that helped put the church back together and clean things up and then clean up the gym. Thank you very much for your work, some of the young married couples. And um, you that were there, I'm talking to you. You that walked off, I'm not thanking you, but I'm thanking those who stayed and helped. So I appreciate that very much. Lord bless you. And um, I am I am especially grateful and thankful for uh, godly women that God has put in my life. And um, this is uh, one of the most difficult, I guess, every year I think it's going to get better, but it's one of the most difficult times uh, that I deal with in preaching, and um, because of the loss of my mother, and just May the 3rd was 10 years, and so all of you that's lost your mother more recently than that, I'll tell you today from experience, you're not over it in 10 years, and um so this is a very difficult time. I, I try, I try not to cry and to be a big baby, but really down deep inside, I've always been a mama's boy. And uh, I guess even after she has been deceased for 10 years, I still am that. And, um, but I'm thankful for the influence that she had in my life. I want to say a special thank you for, uh, to Sister Duplessy, wonderful lady. And, uh, her and Brother Duplessy took me into their home. And I don't think it was by choice, but I'm thankful for that anyway. And uh, they have been parents to me and uh, very close friends to me and have helped me, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, I appreciate Sister Duplessy very, very much. Her love for God, love for the truth, love for this church, and uh, her love for me. And when I'm in trouble with my wife or with my father-in-law, she'll always take up for me, and I am grateful for that. And uh, thank you very much. I want to say thank you to my wife, wonderful lady that God has blessed me with, and uh, wonderful pastor's wife, and uh, wonderful mother of this church. And uh, I'm thankful for God's blessings because <clears throat> God knows that he don't always give us what we deserve, thank God, but he does give us what we need. And for that, I am very grateful and a wonderful mother 
to my four children, even though they were all girls. I am still thankful for that, but I'm thankful for two grandsons also. God is God is good, and I have no complaints in serving God. And and uh, well, <clears throat> this is Mother's Day, and so we're not talking about son-in-laws today. But I am thankful for all of God's great blessings that He's given me. God has been so good. And I have no complaints in serving the Lord. I know today the service has been a little bit different than normal, and uh, but uh, Mother's Day is a little bit different day than normal, and it's a time that we take to uh, stop and reminisce and uh, to give honor where honor is due. And um, a mother's job, I guess, never ceases; it always continues to go on. And on and on and on and on. And um, I am thankful for good godly mothers, the mothers in this church uh, that work so hard uh, that, boy, this church would be a, a mess if it was not for good women in the house of God that love God, that do the work of God. And uh, because men, men are quite different than women. And... Uh, if that's not the case in your case, you might ought to go look in the mirror and growl at yourself or something. But men are a lot different than women, and uh, women have a special touch that men could never have. Brother, Brother Duplessis read a scripture this morning that I would like to go back to in Proverbs. You can just remain seated. I'm just going to talk to you for a few moments, and then we will get on with today's activities. Um, but in Proverbs chapter 31, in reading uh, the book of Proverbs, it's quite interesting and um, it's uh, highly credited to the writing of, of Solomon, although I think some other people had some input into Proverbs, but, but he takes credit for the majority of it. Uh, Solomon was the king over Israel, which was a wise man, but we find that he had uh, folly and failure in his life. And as I read this last chapter of uh, the book of Proverbs in, ver- in chapter 31, it starts out talking to uh, a, I guess, a lady uh, talking to a young man that was a king. Uh, Lemuel, and uh, it starts out, and I, I was reading and studying uh, uh, this a little bit, and I found it very interesting that they said that this is not really a king at all. It's not really a person that they have been able historically to put a finger on. And uh, so he was not not really a person that they could they could point out and say this is this is who this lady was talking about so naturally the mother that was given the instruction is not someone that you can put a finger on either and uh, point them out but i if you read the book of proverbs uh the the uh, the wise king is telling us over and over and over to to look out for strange women, to uh, not be taken by a strange woman. And uh, it is always 
giving us instruction as men of being the one on the lookout because there's there's a woman trying to deceive. And um, so I find it very interesting at the end of the book, it just changes and all all other things kind of come into perspective. And he brings this into perspective and and as she is describing to her son. And then in verse number 10, she says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does does safely Trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. And so it seems like at the ending of the book, instead of living, leaving a bitter taste or, or uh, questions in men's mind about uh, the women that will come into their life, it tells us how important it is to have the right lady in your life. As Brother Duplessis has already said, this morning that many people can produce children, but there's not too many people that can really be a mother to the child. As I, as I read news and headlines and, and uh, tragic stories and situations in the world that we live in, we're living in a very wicked and perverse time, and I guess that it's been that way for many years, and um, how that they see see that life is not very important that that life is a a woman's choice if they want to terminate the life and now it's even got to the place where we have heard recently that they would like to pass laws that even after a child is born you have so many hours to decide if you would take or terminate that child's life that's not a mother at all that's not someone that would be a mother, and it's certainly not someone uh, that would have a father. That's just a couple of people that got together and were able to produce a child. But I want to tell you, there is no price that we could put upon real mothers today. And I want to encourage all of you husbands, as I scan this congregation today... I am a little concerned and I am a little disappointed in some of you, to say the least. If there's ever a time you are to go all out, and I, I, don't, I don't care. You don't, you don't ask your wife this. You just do it. This is one time, men, that you don't ask. I just thought that would drop because some of you are so accustomed to asking <clears throat> but <clears throat> getting permission. But... You always, you always on Mother's Day, you buy a nice corsage for your wife or you buy nice flowers for your wife and you take your wife to a nice place to eat or you prepare the meal for your wife. You buy them a very nice gift and don't complain about how much it costs for your wife, the mother of your children. Can I get a witness from the mothers today? Amen. <laughs> At least you could help me out, mothers. When I step out here on a limb, you can kind of pick me up a little bit. But it's a time that you do something nice and you understand how blessed that you are. And uh, today, uh, this this past week, the third being the tenth anniversary of my wife, my my uh, mother's passing, I would like to reminisce some things about uh, the mother that God gave me. 
I would always tell her that God gave her me. And uh, I don't know why he did that. Maybe because he realized that she needed a greater prayer life. But I can promise you that it worked. But looking back, I realized that, that God gave her to me. Because if it was not for my mother, Brother Duplessis already made the great statement that there's not any of us that would be here uh, physically. But I want to tell you, if it was not for my mother, I would not be in this place that I'm in today. And I would not be here spiritually at all. And I'm thankful for the mother that God placed in my life. As I was listening to these children today, my mind goes back and I start start thinking about some things that they say and then the message within within the message. If you listen to somebody talk, they're always saying more than what you can really hear on the surface. As I listen to these children, what I found that they all these ones that was talking all had in common there that they wish they had a million dollars. Well, I want to tell them, wish for more. Because a million's not going to take you far in life as much as things cost today. After you buy a house and a couple of vehicles, you're broke again. But um, you want to wish for more than that. But something I found very interesting in all of their statements was it was about time. It was not all about money and all about the things that you have, but it's about time that you spend. And I want to encourage every parent and I want to help all the mothers today. It's not about how high you climb on the corporate ladder. It's not about how big your bank account is, but it's what you instill in a child's heart that passes on to the next generation. I have heard and I've read and I preached a message on this some time back, but I, I was I was really into this and I was reading about family fortunes. And they said this about family fortunes that that after the third generation there is practically Nothing left of a family fortune. Now, we're not talking about a million dollars. We're talking about millions and millions and billions of dollars. That that by the third generation, all the family fortune is gone. I, I think I was reading. Now, I stand to be corrected because it's been a while since I looked at my notes. But I was reading about the Vanderbilts. And um, the Vanderbilt, yeah, everybody's pretty much familiar with uh, the Vanderbilt Mansion. Some has been there and toured it. But they had a reunion a few years back. And out of that reunion of some hundred, I think it was 150, 175 uh, descendants of the Vanderbilts, there was only like three millionaires that was even left in the family. And if you know anything about that family, they were very, very, very wealthy. But somewhere... The transition of wealth seems to pass and it seems to get lost in the process. But as I think about something far more important than that, when your bank account is gone and when you have nothing left to give and you're not able to buy new cars or you're not able to buy nice clothes, it's what you instill in them from your heart, not from your pocketbook. Although it takes finances to live, I think that it's time that each and every one of us spend more time on the important things in life and less time on the less important things in life. I encourage all mothers today to get involved like never before in your children's life. 
Because if you don't, somebody else will. Not putting off on fathers at all today, but there is no one that could ever take the place of a mother. A father cannot take the place of a mother. A father cannot influence a child such as a mother. Now, I, I always like to, like to say that, that my daddy was the main guy in my life, the main person in my life. And I always wanted to be with my daddy. I wanted to go places. I wanted to go hunting. I wanted to go fishing. I wanted to go riding in the truck. I wanted to be with my daddy. But if I got sick, it wasn't daddy that I started crying for. It was mama that I wanted because mama would pray all night. Daddy rested comfortably in the Word of God. He'd say, oh God, touch him. He'll be alright in the morning. And he'd go back to sleep. But who knows that a mama sat there with the cold rag on your head and oh Jesus, oh baby, nobody's ever been sick like this before. And they're all concerned and they're all there to help you and they're all there to protect you and they're all there to fight off the fever in the middle of the night at any, any whimpering call. A mother can do that. I've tried it as a father. I don't have that ability as a father. I find myself like my daddy. I pray the prayer of faith and have faith in God and go on to sleep and hope they'll be better in the morning. But my mother was there for me when it seemed like that no one was there for me. I can remember, and I listened to, uh, I think it was Rex that was talking at last Sunday night during his speech um, for graduation about the times that the correction that come in. And thank God for parents that put curfews on them. When you're a young person, sometimes it's very difficult to understand that. It's very difficult uh, to to uh, realize that these things are necessary. But I'm thankful today for the hand of correction that my mother placed in my life. I was not always the perfect child. I was not always the great example of a teenager Christian person. There was times where I was not exactly what God intended for me to be, to say the least. There was times when I got on the wrong road, but thank God there was a mother there that did just not pray, but she put legs on those prayers. I I can remember uh, the story that goes that there was a mother uh, that had a son that was astray, and uh, he had a drinking problem, and he liked to party. There was one local tavern that he also, he always liked to go to. And so the mother heard the preacher preaching one night, and it built her face. So she went, and she started praying that that tavern would burn down, where her son would not have a place to go hang out and do the things he should not do. And so she anointed it with oil and prayed the prayer of faith, and she'd walk over there about three or four times a week and pray the prayer of faith. And and uh, lo and behold, about about four or five weeks later, that tavern caught on fire and burned down. And so the pastor went to the dear sister and said, man, said, said, God heard and answered your prayer. She said, yes, sir, reverend. Said he sure did. Said, but sometimes you got to put some legs on those prayers. And you got to help God out sometimes. The pastor did not want to get into that. 
uh, I believe there's a law against that. But anyway, my mother was one that did not think that God, she, she didn't have a problem in believing that God could do things, but she thought that God could do things a little better with her help. And so helping God that she did. If she would have had a GPS system, my life would have been totally destroyed and ruined forever. But she did not have that, but she had a car. And um, it didn't matter who I was with. It didn't matter what I was doing. She had a way of finding where I was at, what I was doing, and did not mind embarrassing me in front of all of my friends at all. I can remember um, there was there was a couple times, just a couple times in my life, I was at places I should not have been, and uh, it was well known that that Miss Looper, if Homer was around, Miss Looper was going to find out where he was, and she was going to track him down. So it was it, I, I became I became uh, the center point of wherever I was at because they knew that there was going to be some action that was going to occur later on. And uh, so it became a, a thing where, where they all laughed and they'd get around. And I had, I had a pager back then. Now, this goes way back. I know some of you can't remember there was days before cell phones, but, but they had pagers. And the first pagers that come out, you could talk to it. They could talk to you, but you couldn't talk back. And they would leave you the message, and then you go find a payphone, which none of you on the front two seats probably know anything about. Well, I'm sorry, there's Sister Pat and Sister Carolyn. <laughs> but they used to have payphones. Now, now we don't know what Superman does at this point, since there is no phone booths anywhere. But but they used to, some of you don't ever remember that, but they used to have payphones, and then you'd have to stop at a payphone and make a call. Well... My mother uh, used this device to uh, give me messages that that she would try to give to me, and I, I'd I'd hear my pager going off, and I'd start getting it, trying to turn it down, because I knew that the message was not going to be nice. And everybody in the room, oh no, gather around! Here's Homer's mother. She's going to give him a message, and so they'd make me turn my pager up, and my mama's voice would come on there. And start telling me, Homer, God knows where you're at. And you know I'm here at the house praying, but I'm about to find wherever you're at. And uh, she had given me the lecture on how God's going to use me and how God's going to get me. But I got the message that God's going to kill me ever before he gets a chance to use me. And uh, so so she would go through and, oh, man, by the end of the message, it'd give you about about 20 seconds of talking time. And by the end of the message, she would be just crying and and begging and pleading. She is pleading the blood of Jesus Christ and and all the disciples and everybody else over my my soul. And her last message to me was, if you don't get home. Your daddy's going to find out and he's going to kill you. And so uh, that was the last message. And about about uh, 15 minutes, that pager would go off again and everybody gather around. And I'd be trying to turn it down because it was quite embarrassing. And then when she located where I was, uh, 
She'd call around and find out where I was and, and whoever would snitch on me. And um, she'd go to all the places where she'd think I was. And when she'd get to where I, she knew I was, she'd sit out there in the street and sit in her car with her big Pentecostal hairdo and embarrass the fire out of me, honking the horn. And just honking the horn. If I was in the neighborhood, everybody in the neighborhood would be calling over where they knew I was and said, Hey, would you tell Homer to go out and get his mother? I think she wants him. And so um, she uh, she had called, she had sat out there and honked the horn. And then if she couldn't get any response, she would get out of the car and walk up to wherever I was and beat on the door until she got some response. I did not like that to say the least. I hated that. It was embarrassing. It was totally disturbing. And uh, I, I thought my mama had mental issues a couple of times. But, but looking back on it, I'm thankful that God gave me a mother that cared. Because if God would not have given me a mother who cared, I'd probably be an alcoholic. I'd probably be a drug addict. More than likely, I would not have a life that would be worth living. And I certainly wouldn't be living for God and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage all of you mothers today that your children may not like it now. But they don't, they don't, they will not look back in time and say, I'm thankful that I had a mother that let me do whatever I wanted to do, whenever I wanted to do it, and just patted me on the back and said that I was okay. I'm thankful that God gave me a mother that loved this truth, that loved God, that loved my soul, and was willing to fight off the beast of Ephesus, amen, of this world that was trying to destroy me and pray the prayer of faith. And help God out every chance she got. My mother had a great instinct. We used to call her Dick Tracy. For you that don't know that, he was a very private, uh, very, uh, very, uh, good detective back in the olden days. Fictitious detective. But, but we would call her Dick Tracy because she could sit in the den and find out more about young people without a cell phone, without Facebook. Some of you know it because you're nosy and getting on Facebook and all of that, and they're telling you all this. We wouldn't tell. I promise you we didn't tell. But she could find out where you've been, what you've been doing. I can remember my mother. My mother had, you wonder where I get this nose from. I get this nose from my mother. But my mother had a nose like a bloodhound. She could sniff out anything. And she could, she could smell. And when I would come in, now I never figured out why she'd done this. But when I'd come in, she'd start walking around me. I'd say, what are you doing? I'm sniffing for perfume. I said, why would I have perfume on me? <laughs> she said, I know you. <laughs> But she'd be sniffed, boy, she could tell what side of the car you were on. She could, James Homer, oh, God have mercy. That girl had on perfume. I can smell it. I can smell it. You were sitting too close to her. No, I wasn't. I was just in the same room. 
I'd start confessing all of my sins and praying that God would forgive me for everything. But, but she had a, she had a way of knowing your intentions and your thoughts and saying, you're, you're not up to any good. You don't need to be hanging around those people. I'm not going to allow that to happen. I want to tell you, thank God for mothers who care. And I want to encourage you mothers that's in this place today that there's going to be a time that you're going to have to stand up and bow up and be the parent that God has called you and ordained you to be. My mother loved me. There was never no doubt in my mind that she loved me, but she was not always just my best friend, but she was someone that had my best interest at heart. When you're your best friend, a best friend will cover for your actions. But when you're a real mother, you will call them out on their actions. And so that is just what she did. I can remember times in my life, I won't be much longer, I'm just about to quit. But I can remember times in my life I was struggling. I was going through situations. The devil was tormenting my mind and my spirit. And I can remember my mother laying at my door of my bedroom and going to sleep on the floor praying that God would some way protect me, that God would some way use me, that God would some way build a hedge about me. Those are times that, those are things that money cannot buy. Those are things that, that Time will never take away. Those are things that we can always go back and realize that there were life-changing moments in our life that God had mercy on us. And it was not because we deserve mercy. It's because God loved and heard someone else's prayers. My mama was a praying lady. She was a godly lady. She was a fearless lady. She was a great singer. She would have been a great preacher, I think. But my daddy did not believe in women preachers. And so she changed her ministry to other things. My daddy said she learned how to convince him that it was his idea. And she learned how to preach through my daddy. And so I am thankful for the godly influence that she had in my life that never dies that never goes away i i was thinking the other day we've got this this app on our phone that we've got our children in our phone and wherever their phone goes we know where they're at and wherever how, how fast they're going and how many times they use the phone while they're moving and and all of these things and how many times they hit the brake hard and And I was thinking, boy, if my mother would have had that, she would have loved that. It would have just been unbelievable. And uh, my kids say, Daddy, you're weird. That's creepy. You know all of this stuff. I said, no, somebody's got to know it because I see far too many kids that no one cares. And nobody cares what they do. Nobody cares where they go. Nobody cares who they're with. Nobody cares what's going on in their life. It's just get out of my hair. 
leave me alone and give me some time to myself. That's not a mother at all. So today on this Mother's Day, if I would have an opportunity again to tell my mother one more time that I appreciate all that she has done for me and the prayers that she prays just keeps on coming. My wife, my mother would anoint things with oil. If she thought we were listening to worldly music, she would anoint the stereo with oil. If she thought we had worldly cassette tapes in our room, she would dig through there and find them and burn them. She did not just get on to us, but she would utterly destroy. I can remember uh, if you brought something in that she didn't think was appropriate to wear. You think she's going to put it in her washing machine? This is what she said. God gave me this washing machine, and it ain't washing your ungodly clothes. Oh, that's just cruel. No. You know, we always wanted to play ball, and we didn't play ball. (laughs) Uh, Organized sports of any kind. And uh, occasionally we would slip off, and we'd get involved, and you come home with the ball uniform. When you seen it, it was not laundried and put back up in your closet. She had taken scissors and just cut it in little shreds. Because she said, hey, you know we don't do that. If I come home with the short sleeve t-shirt, it looked like a, it went through a shredding machine when it was hanging in my closet. If I come home, you know, and I, I thought, man, this woman just don't get it. But in reality, she really got it. And she really put something in my heart that made a difference to me. And there's a reason why I'm standing here today. And the reason why I'm raising a family in the house of God. It's not because I've done anything to deserve it. But it's because I'm standing on the shoulders of giants and heroes in my life. My mother was always a hero in my life. My mother was always, and I always, I listened to these kids this morning. Now, now my brother Guy, he used to be the favorite. But when I come along, there was no doubt. It was me and Guy, and it was kind of close until the latter end. And uh, I was a little more, I was a little more giving with the finances that my brother was. And so I just won her hard over uh abundantly at the end and um so so I know that when she died I was her favorite without a shadow of a doubt and he knows that too he was just booted clean off of the scale and um but I I know but me and me and my brother was both her favorite sons because we were kind of the the rebels of the family and if it would not been for her our daddy would have just killed us and told God that we died of natural causes. But she believed in us. And it's amazing that both my, my brother and myself today are standing behind pulpits preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ because of a mother that loved God. I had one opportunity 
And I'm, I'll close with this. I had one last opportunity. My mother had cancer. And um, I can remember the day that she told me. I can remember the place that I was. I was coming out of my house. Or actually, I was going back to the house. And we were right there turning off of 418 onto um, Adam, Shot, uh, Adam Shadows Drive right there by the Mormon church. And she said, I got some, some news I need to tell you. And so she told me. And uh, very devastating at the time. So we had a couple of good years with her. But I can remember the day they called me and told me that something had happened and she was not able to get around anymore. And we went to Stuttgart to be with her. And uh, I think it was seven or eight days that we were there before she passed away. And right before she passed away, she was kind of coming in and out of consciousness. And we would have a few moments to visit with her and uh, before she would go out again. And um, one time when she come to, uh, I asked everybody if they would leave the room. And we had a, a visit together. And I was able to tell her how much I appreciated the things that she had done for me. And um, how much I appreciated her prayers. And I apologized for all those bad things that I'd done. And uh, felt like I got penance and forgiveness over that. And uh, I thank God for and her for all the prayers that she prayed. At that time, I did not know it, but I found out a few years later when I was changing the furniture in our bedroom. I raised up and I told the church this. I raised up my, my bed and between my mattress and my box springs, there was an anointed handkerchief that she had placed there sometime that she was at my house. And even though there comes a time where we exit this life, prayers never die. They just keep on going. And if you are praying for lost children today, mothers, just keep on praying. You may never see it, but prayers never die. They just keep on going. So as I close with this, I'd like to read this poem today and uh, to my mother and uh, to all of you that knows what it feels like to go through what I'm going through at this time. This is for mothers that are deceased. It says, if roses grow in heaven, if roses grow in heaven, Lord, please pick a bunch for me. I'm sorry. Place them in my mother's arms and tell her they are for me. Tell her, tell her I love her and miss her. And when she turns to smile, Place a kiss upon her cheek. And just hold her for a while. Because remembering her is easy. 
I do it every day. But there's an ache within my heart that will never go away. So if you have your mothers today, spend a little extra time. Say a little extra I love yous. Do something a little extra nice. Because unfortunately, these days will not last forever. Thank God for godly mothers. Thank God for mothers that pray. And I encourage you all today, mothers, pray more, spend more time, slow down the life process. Stop and smell the roses. And all of you that have your mothers, thank God that you have the opportunity to spend with them today. Spend quality time. Let's all stand together. Why don't we just thank God for the mothers that have influenced our lives today. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for what you have given us. What you have blessed us with. Thank you, God, for the mother that you gave me. Because, God, she was perfect for me. She was the only one that would know how to deal with me. And I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful church family. Thank you, God, for the wonderful mothers that are here today. I ask you, Lord, for your blessings, for your mercy, for your hand, for your protection. God, I ask you that this day would be a good day for these mothers that are in this place today. That everyone in this house would show the reverence and respect, the honor that each and every mother deserves. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Lord, bless you. Remember church tonight. Shake hands. Be friendly. Consider yourself dismissed. Have a great afternoon. Church at 6.30 tonight. Church at 7. Prayer meeting at 6.30.